Ladies and gentlemen, this is El Cochino, Tom Lawler, and I'd like to welcome you to the podcast that puts the lotion on its own skin, Lucha World. Bitchin'. Welcome everyone to Lucha World Podcast, episode number 97. Fredo Esparza here. We have lots to talk about this week. Actually, we're going to cover a lot of a lot of what's been happening over the past several weeks because I think every single day there's been something new popping up in in Mexico with you know with CML and AAA. Uh, they've had a couple of sh- couple of shows, big shows. Um, Verano de Scandalo, CML's Friday shows have uh, featured LA Park on them. Uh, a lot of people showing up in both promotions, some appearing in both promotions, some leaving those promotions. A lot has gone on. I'm gonna basically talk, give, um, kind of go in order of what of of everything that's been going on in Mexico. Because if I just go specifically with you know Ray Phoenix, then I'm just gonna completely confuse everyone because he's not only been in appeared in CMLL. Um, not only on um, via video, but also on Informa. But in between that, he made his surprise appearance in AAA. So, and Alec Park, the same thing. Um, he made he's made a couple of uh, he's wrestled in CML, and suddenly he made that surprise appearance in, you know, for triple for the Triple Mania press conference. So, uh, we'll go in a we'll go. I'll try to go in order with everything, just because it's. It's easier that way rather than just go one by one with each individual wrestler and what their situation is. Um, so we'll start with CML because they've actually had LA Park on their shows. Um, they've been announcing Ray Phoenix for a couple of days already. Uh, it seems it seems it's a, it's an amazing what's going on because um, I don't. They also gave a, 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 a an answer. They've kind of given up, given some really weird answers as far as how Ray Phoenix is able to appear in um, in AAA and CML, CMLL, not just not just on the CML side of things, but AAA side of things, and also Ray Phoenix his his side of the story. Um, LA Park, LA Park, you know it's LA Park, so we don't really know. Um, I I think everybody kind of wonders if LA Park is going to make it to the an, in, make it to CM to the anniversary show. And the trouble there is um, you never know really with LA Park and CML just because of that weird relationship that they had, that they have. But yeah, he's basically already had two matches 
in CMLL. He's outlasted what anyone, any, I think what any of us really expected he would, I think most of us thought he would be done after like the first week or even before that, just because I think the, the day he did the run in on Los Ingo Bernables, I think that he cursed on that show. And then the second, his, uh, his first match in, he, they actually didn't give them mics. So he couldn't, he couldn't upset CML. Then the second, the second, after the second match he had, he did, um, he did grab a mic, but he did a, a apologize for cursing. He apologized to the fans and to CML, CML for that. But um, I'm sure he's going to keep, cur- he's going to curse once again. And, you know, it, it's just funny that, you know, I, I just find it amusing that CML, and it's not CML, it's a lot, a lot of it has to do with their sponsors, um, also them really. But, you know, there's a lot of other, there's a lot of people involved that don't want that on, te- on their, um, on their, te- on their TV shows. But yeah, I, I, I He's he's been he's been in some interesting uh, brawls with Los Ingo Bernables. I thought the the May twenty fifth match, where he teamed up with Volador Junior and Flyer, was much better than the the one that followed on um, June first. Um, I don't know. I mean, Hijo de Alley Park. He's not bad, but he's very average. And when you see him in there with um, the CMLL guys, he just like if he was skinny and crazy talented, it would be one thing, but he's because I'm um, Sobrano Junior at one point was really skinny and super talented, and he didn't look like out of place in CML. But him when he was teaming up with like Angel de Oro and I think it was him and um he just didn't look exactly like um actually I think it was Angel de Oro and La Roja, and even then I mean even if he teamed up with Mystico, he looks so um he doesn't he doesn't really. I don't think he he does that much. And in this match, when he was teaming up with Volador Jr. and um and and his dad Ali Park, um, he just seems so um. I don't know. It kind it kind of reminds me of like when when I used to watch the Von Erics, and you would have like they would have like Kevin and Carrie. Um, I think David was gone at at that point, and Mike was in the ring, and you just knew right away Mike was, you know, he didn't belong in there. And Ihe Ali Park kind of just he just sticks out a little too much. Um, but uh, you know, if they're going to want Alley Park, they're going to have to bring him in. Um, if you, if you look at him, I don't even like, I thought, I think Flyer looks way better than him. Um, and that match that they had was a lot better. It's, it's funny because everybody's talking about the Alley Park versus Roosh being the anniversary main event. That's what everybody wants. Mass versus hair. That's what, I mean, they announced a triple mania main event and I still think everybody, in that at that press conference, everybody was focusing so much more on Alley Park, um, like concerned about, hey, you know, you're, if you lose your mask at Triple Mania, how are you going to defend? How are you going to go to? Does this is this going to keep you out of being at the anniversary? And you know, and Alley Park said he um, he hasn't he hasn't. Um, there's no confirmation or guarantee that that match is going to happen at this year's anniversary. I think it probably will. I think it probably will happen, but you know, it's CMLL. For one, you never know. They're not. It's June, also. I mean, it's barely June. CML the last couple of years has made the announcement for the anniversary main event sometime between early August to mid August. Uh, sometimes even a little later because you know I think there was that one year where they, I think it was maybe like three or three or four weeks before the anniversary show, where they made the announcement, and I think they only had like maybe two matches to build it up for 
to build up to that. But I think everybody at that that year, I think it was was a little more familiar. They were a little more. Um, you could tell they were planning towards that. But the last couple of years with um, La Mascara, Dragon Lee, and um, Niebla Roja and Grand Girl, there hasn't really been that much. Uh, there wasn't that much of a, a. They didn't plan that far ahead, as they did previously. But I, like I said, I think I think that's that's kind. Of, if you're gonna pick likely matches that are gonna happen at the anniversary, that kind of seems to be the 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 top pick right now. But like I said, it's LA Park fall apart. It's LA Park working with CML, and that can always fall apart. And you know, I think everybody was kind of surprised with the two people that are just um, coming into CML, appearing in AAA um, events kind of made it a lot of fans question whether or not both either of them were going to be on any CML shows. Um, at the same time that Ali Park was making his, making his appearances in CML, um, on one of the most recent CML informers, they aired a, a, a video. And when they first showed the video, it was basically just showing a hand with the tattoos on it. And I think immediately a lot of people were, because it said Animo on it. So everybody immediately knew it was Ray Phoenix. And then, like two hours later, of what I mean, the last three weeks of CML and Forma have been difficult to watch. I mean, I don't know what I was talking to somebody, uh, messaging somebody who uh, has who's a little more familiar with CML, and uh, she was telling me that she hates the show. <laughs> so, so, um, and she's not the only one. I told her she's not the only one because there's a lot of people that within the Lucha Libre community hate that show and don't watch it. And I totally understand why people don't watch it. Uh, I'm always amused because every CML Informa, I'm the only one that really reports on it, which is fine. That's the only time I'm, that's the little bit of free time that I have during the week. I have to watch Informa. I don't watch the Monday, Tuesday CML shows. Monday because I'm doing um, Lucha Talk and also because I'm not going to watch Puebla anyways. I usually watch, I'll, I'll skim through it if there's something good the following day. Tuesdays I'll watch like on a Wednesday or late, later during the week, but I'm not going to go out of my way to like watch that. But first, you know, Wednesdays, usually that's a busy Lucha news day. So I'm already working on like Lucha reports and, st- and looking for posters working on on the YouTube channel, working on um, looking through magazines and stuff like that. So I'm already doing that. That's like the one day I'm actually working on on the website. So that's why I'm able to watch Informa. And I totally understand people don't want to watch it. It's And I always, when I see somebody that starts watching it, I don't understand why they're watching it because it's really like long. The, the ticket giveaway segments are about 30 minutes long now. Um, just a lot of silliness. But you do get a couple of like tidbits out of it that like help me as far as my Lucha report and stuff like that. You know, some some minor tidbits. Sometimes you'll see on, on my Lucha report, the CML Informer recap is basically like just really short and brief. And other times you see a lot of information. Um, it really it really varies. And a lot of times, even the ones that have a lot of information, the show is really difficult to watch. Um, so they had Ray Phoenix on that. They showed the video at the very end. And, um, you know, I'm pretty excited about it. I hope it, I hope this is something that will be like, at least he'll make some appearances. You know, I don't think he has to be on every show. I think that's the problem I have a lot with, um, CML because a lot of the guys when they don't bring in, like they should bring in independent guys just because I think 
it's something that'll bring, and they don't have to bring them that often. I mean, a lot of these guys aren't working. I, I mean, those Tuesday shows, why aren't they getting like independent guys working on Tuesday shows? Nobody's on those Tuesday shows. And, and you could say, oh, they're, they're, um, they're, they're splitting it up between all these other guys in the promotion. But if you look at those CM, the Arena Mexico Tuesday shows, the undercard is trash. I mean, the first three matches are pretty horrible and you could just skip through that stuff and just watch the final three matches. And even that is really bad. But I mean, really an extra booking for um, Arcangel. I mean, he could work Saturday, Sunday for all I care. Bring in some, one guy at least just to make it different. Um, that that show should be built around like all the young guys, really. Templario, Super Astro Jr., Audaz, Puma and Tiger. And you know, Puma and Tiger been around for a while now. So, But they're still young guys, um, especially in this CML world. Um, and you know, have like Ray Phoenix, who's a star beyond the on the Friday shows. Other guys who are stars on those shows. Um, so he's basically going to make his debut on June eighth. Should be a good match as they book them in there with Mystico and Caristico. So even if Ray Phoenix gets booed by the crowd, which I think is going to happen, just because he, these these CML fans view him as a for two reasons: he's a technical, and he's he's viewed as a AAA guy, and. No, and for some reason, no matter how much a guy, how good a guy is, it takes them a while to like warm up to them. Maybe switch over to being a rudo or something for them to like like them. Even if you know, like Ijo Pedro Aguayo was a a triple A AAA guy, and you know, he got. He, I mean, he didn't he didn't have that issue because different era. He's also second generation. His dad was one of the most beloved wrestlers of all time, and you know, Pero Junior also had tons of charisma. But you know, I think he's. I think Ray Phoenix gonna get booed because of the technical. But the good news is he's in there with Caristico and Mystico, and the odds are Mystico is gonna get booed even worse than Ray Phoenix. So, um, and you know, even even then he's gonna get booed because the the Rudo side is Ultimo Guerrero, Nero Casas, and Carbonario, who are three of the more popular Rudos. The the Arena Mexico crowd is gonna root for Nero Casas versus him. But I just hope this leads to a Nero, a Barbo Carbonario versus Ray Phoenix, Ray Phoenix versus Ultimo Guerrero. Ray Phoenix versus Nero Casas, any of those into a singles match. Hey, Ray Phoenix versus Caristico would be fine also. Um, anything that comes out of that, it'd be worth it. Um, that's going to be something to look forward to. I do notice that the Friday shows are a lot better. I skipped the openers anyways because a lot of the openers, they still, they're still they still pretty bad. But they haven't had the women on there. They recently had a couple of the women decide that they were going to leave CMLL. Uh, Lady Maravilla ended up showing up in AAA. It's Verano de Scandalo. So she's gone. She said she left on good terms, but, and I think, I'm sure she may, might, might have left on good terms. I mean, really, I think it's, I think if you look at CML's, the way they're booking the women and the women that are ki- kind of like, ha- that have control of the, of the division, they're working fewer shows. And the few shows that they that the women appear on, it's basically the same group of women that are getting the 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 main, the majority of the bookings. You know, like Marcella, Dallas, Estrellita, Amapola, Seductora son, suddenly is an, around. Uh, Tiffany suddenly is getting more bookings also, um, and you weren't seeing the, the the younger girls aren't really getting that those bookings, and even like I said, they're not getting that many anyways. So it's not really worth the trouble to be there. I totally understood why Lady Maravilla left. Zuxi's, I think, is a completely different situation. I think people are are thinking that she's... I think it is that... I think part of it is that 
she notices CML isn't booking her as much as they used to. But the, the way she was on Informa, on the most recent Informa, and she basically said she wasn't, this wasn't goodbye. This was more of a, uh, you know, farewell for now type of situation where, you know, she said she could come back to CML within three months, six months, or a year. And the way she said that, it kind of hints to her possibly participating in um, in the Mae Young Classic. I don't know if that's going to happen, but it kind of, it, it's kind of, it kind of seems like why, I don't think she hasn't been getting like, She's getting bookings on the indie scene, but it's not like she's taking the the you know like the 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 promote the bigger like you know if she shows up in the crash that's fine because the crash basically if you if you talk to all the guys in Mexico they tell you that's that's the home of the home base of a lot of the independent wrestlers so they don't really have a it's not an issue if she goes elsewhere but I don't think she's going to be in AAA I think the plan I think her plan is to you know take a chance and, and, and go to WWE for the Mae Young Classic. And who knows, maybe she impresses and she ends up staying there or ex- gets an extended time there. Uh, I have a feeling that she probably decided to do this also because she figured she was going to be on Informa and all these shows or being interviewed after CML shows and being asked if she ends up participating on the Mae Young Classic, she's probably just going to be continue to get asked tons and tons of questions about whether or not she's she's going to end up in WWE or 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 if she's going to be in back in CMLL and all this other crap. So I kind of think she probably figured let's just get that out of the way. You know, it's not going to stop people from asking her anyways because now the bad news for her is like all the her fans just keep asking, telling her not to go to AAA. I don't see why she. I don't see a problem if she wanted to go there. That's fine. I mean, she has the right to do that. It's not like as an independent. And if you look at the women's roster in um, AAA, it's a lot better than CMLs right now. So um, I don't see why the why there wouldn't be a why there should be an issue over that. The other match that that happened on June first that I thought was really good was Angel de Oro versus Cuatrero for the CML World Middleweight Title. Um, really good match. I really liked the finish of the match where Cuatrero ended up beating Angel de Oro with La Mesedora, which is um, Angel de Oro's finisher. Just a really fun match. Really good. I would say this this has probably been one of the best feuds of um, 2018 in Mexico. Uh, really, if you look at the the top feuds in Mexico, that's got to be up there. And it's more of a it's more of a technical feud where the guys have actually just been able to show that they're good wrestlers. You have Rush versus Ali Park, which is more of a crazy brawl, uh, and it's being brought to CML where it's kind of been toned down. Although the first match that they had. It wasn't as toned down. The second match was slightly, um, you had a lot of, um, you know, r- the referee kind of getting involved and, you know, Ali Park wanting a Super Libre. But um, the, f- and then the other feud that I really have enjoyed this year has been the Poder del Norte OGT's feud. And that's been a total bloodbath of a feud. But the Angel de Oro Cuatrero feud is just more of a, you know, these guys are battling, you know, they put the mask on the line. They put titles on the, the title on the line. They still have the, they also have the trios, the Dinamitas have the, the trios titles, so they could probably do that at some point. So I think it's just a really fun feud and, you know, they, another great match. I think all their matches that they've had this year have been really good. Even their trios matches, going back to last year, they've had some really good trios matches. Um, just a fun, a fun um, feud overall. So that's about all from CMLL right now. Um, I'll get back to the other stuff with CMLL because Ray Phoenix did make an, uh, an appearance on Informa. But I kind of want to go to the AAA stuff before I go to that. 
because that's there's a lot of interesting stuff concerning um, just the confusion over Ray Phoenix current situation and I think it's kind of cool just because the he's going to be everywhere I mean he's going to be you know at some point we're going to end up seeing him I think we're probably going to see him on an L, another episode of MLW um, television their, their TV show Lucha Underground is going to start in a, I think next week Triple A TV Impact possibly Impact I don't know if he's still there and um, I think he's still there I think he might have been announced recently for another match there what else is there CMLL so he's everywhere, and then you have him all over the in, on the independents in Mexico and in the in the U.S. I mean, all he needs is like to just appear in all these other promotions. I think it's cool because I mean, if you're not in WWE, if you're not a promotion that's WWE or New Japan, you should be able to just like. And there's guys available for you to for you to use as independent wrestlers. You should, you should use them. I think that I think that's um, I think it makes sense. I I mean, I'm glad that this whole mess with triple a and the names has come to an end with ray phoenix and penta although you know it continued because the way they explained it it's it's really more of a lucha underground kind of allowing it and triple triple a not being able to stop them from doing anything um so triple a actually before i get to um verano scandalo i wanted to mention um the the may 31st show from triple a uh this show wasn't that great but it had a, this really great opener that featured Dragon Bane from IWRG. Really good. That guy's really good. You know, I, I'm really curious how many people even knew he was good because everybody's like, everybody with, when it comes to IWRG, a lot of us are just like miss skipping it because it, it, you know, it's not, it's not what it was. It's not what it was. Like I would say like maybe even like 10 years ago when it was really just, stockpiled with a lot of talent and a lot of the guys who are a little older now were really good back then and now they're just kind of like you know just hanging on coming back and doing stuff but they they dragon bane is a young guy that's been wrestling in IWR, iwrg and he made his debut for triple um, teaming up with iron kid and freelance freelance is that great worker that uh, used to be a regular in iwrg he's more of an independent outside of you know, he'll make, I think he's made a few appearances in IWRG since he became more of an, you know, since he, he had an issue with IWRG several years ago. And um, he's kind of been more of a, you know, working as an indie wrestler. I think he's done way more um, with like Lucha memes and all those groups. Uh, but he's, he's a guy, I mean, I don't know why Triple CML never bothered bring, making him a regular. Uh, I don't, I, I don't think they... I think I think the trouble for him is that both promotions, like when he was younger, they both. I I know I know CMLL. I think from what he said once was that CML wanted him to come in as a mini, and he didn't view himself as a like he didn't think that was a good like a good um you know move for him. But I mean, really, that guy should be like a guy who could be feuding with like Virus, Audaz, Templario. You know, there's so many Stukita. There's so many guys in that you know, that, that height and, and weight that are like in that, not the, not the minis, but kind of like in the lightweight division, electric, electrico, astral, you would have a pretty fun division if he came in and did that stuff. But he, you know, in AAA, I mean, right now they're using, they're really just loading up their, their opening match. And he, he was great in this match. Um, they wrestled drastic boy from DTU, low rider, who's basically mostly been wrestling a lot of independence. Um, he makes a lot of, um, 
appearances for Martinez Entertainment and Riot. Uh, there's mostly that that region within the Monterey and region in, in Mexico and um, in Texas. And they teamed up with Impulso, another guy who's, you know, a longtime indie wrestler. He's another guy that I think kind of like, why hasn't he like, he should have been more of a regular in AAA. I don't, I don't know if it's, you know, even like even in CML, like I said, you created a lightweight division. There's so many guys in Mexico that would fit into that. It'd be like, instead of just calling the minis, I think these guys kind of look at, look at it like the minis division is like, just like the way the guys in WCW used to view the cruiserweight division as fans we thought it was cool, but then like when the when the, the the guys that didn't want to be in that division started like moving out of that division or going to WWE or just wanted to get out, um, it kind of just like it wasn't as you know it had like Chavo Guerrero as the junior as the champion and it it still had talent but it wasn't what it was when when it was really hot you know when it had Juventud Guerrero and all those guys, um, it's. It, it, I think it's time for like CM if CML did that like just switched everything and went to a lightweight division I think they'd have like a really good that would probably be like the 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 second best division behind the behind the welterweight division in CML but this match in AAA Dragon Bane Iron Kid Freelance versus Drastic Boy Lowrider Impulso you have to go out of your way to watch that match really good I think it's I mean all the opening matches that CM, that AAA has had since Conan's returned have been great. Just a really, just a, a really fun match. Um, the rest of the show was was, I mean, there was this really fun fun brawl between the OGTs and um, and Poder del Norte where they left the where Poder del Norte left um los OGTs bloody, and and a great way to set up their their hair match for Verano de Scandalo. The other big thing was Black Taurus doing run-ins throughout the show. Um, that's when they started teasing Elite. There's this situation where Elite, Lucha Elite, or it's known as, to us it's known as Lucha Elite, and in Mexico they call refer to it sometimes as Liga Elite. Um, apparently it's not dead, and it's, I guess it's going to be either part of AAA, or is trying to revive it. Um, there was a rumor that, that AAA might have bought the, bought the rights to the name, and um, so they might actually be using it. I don't know why why would you waste your money on that waste your money on other things man uh, but you know they, they want to create this faction so they have Black Taurus attacking everyone and they made a big deal about Elite I think the previous time that we saw the Elite t-shirt and it was a cheaper looking t-shirt was the um, was when Teddy Hart made his appearance as part of MAD and we haven't seen Teddy Hart since then um, Jeff Jarrett did refer to him on Verano de Scandalo as part of Mad, but we still don't know what's going on with him. I'm sure he'll come back because it's Teddy Hart. He always comes back. He leaves and then he comes back, and and I'm sure he's he's thrilled to be part of this Mad Elite faction, the Mad and Elite factions that nobody can figure out. And you know the whole Elite thing um, on this show, it kind of seemed like they were doing the whole thing. Like they had the announcer talk about, oh, what is this? An invasion and all this. They made a big deal about it being an invasion. And then in Verano de Scandalo, it just kind of changed all of a sudden. Um, so I guess I'll just go, go to Verano de Scandalo. Again, it aired on, live on Twitch. All their shows are airing live on Twitch. What happens with AAA shows airing live on Twitch, you could watch it for free live. But then afterwards, if you want to watch it later on as a VOD, 
you have to subscribe to their um, Twitch channel. And I think it's like five bucks for that, five bucks a month. Um, you know, if you really want to watch those shows, it might be worth it. Because, I mean, it's going to keep adding on. I think right now it's basically just everything from like Jan- from this year and whatever they had previous the previous year. But it might make it worth it for you. But to me right now, it's basically just opening matches that I want to watch. And I, I don't mind wait. It, it, you could also just wait for them to post it on um, the TV show on their YouTube channel. That also works for a lot of, um, for all of us. Um, the opening match was Arcángel Divino, Starfire, Dinastia, Hijo del Vikingo, beating Ultimo Maldito, Belial, Ares, and Lady Maravilla. Really good match. Re- I recommend everyone watch this match. Um, Starfire nearly gets, like, I think every single spot she took, she nearly got murdered by someone, either by Lady Maravilla with a, a sick dropkick to her head. And then um, later on, Belial hit this tope suicida at her that just went, like, directly to her head because she's, she's tiny. So he just went right at her. I remember her being pretty good when the few times I saw her before that. Before she got hurt, because she got hurt, I missed some time. Um, I think she might have missed like two years or so, one one or two. Like I'm sure it might have been more than a year. And she's been wrestling a lot of um on the indie scene, and not being seen as much. But this performance, she looked really good. Lady Maravilla did more in this one match than she than I saw of her in CMLL. I mean, and you know, it also helps that she's they're working with the men. So it's like at least, and you know, these guys are really good. Hijo Vikingo, um, and the guys who aren't as as crisp as like Hijo Vikingo or like Belial or guys like that, they're still very capable workers, or and, and ha, or or they're very talented at at doing some really creative stuff. Like Arcángel Divino, you know, this guy does the amazing uh, mist that that amazing Mystico that he do, uh, Mystica that that he does, um, just a really crazy um, spot definitely worth going out of your way to watch that match um after that match happened juventud guerrera came out now this this you know i'm not a fashion expert but you know the mad faction is supposed to be kind of a badass looking faction so juventud guerrera comes out and this guy is wearing like the least badass looking clothing that i've ever seen he's wearing like jorts and like like I don't. It looked like he was wearing loafer, like penny loafers, or or like like slippers or something. Or, I mean, the dude like it's Hoovy. You know, it's Hoovy. You kind of expect this stuff. If you're gonna put him in your in a faction, you know he's gonna be like a little bit of a. He's gonna be out there, and um, so I think that's the the the, the only reason you kind of pass, give it a pass. But um, yeah, so he comes out there, and and then Vampirica comes in and beats the crap out of him. It, it's basically leading up to the what happens later on but you know once we got to this after that made that that opener the show kind of starts going downhill because uh they had the this trios match pimpinella mamba and lady shani beating black danger la yedra and keira keira's triple a return she um she really didn't do that much in this match i didn't really think this match was very good la yedra actually i thought the match from um the May 31st show where she teamed up with um, um, Viano 3 Jr. Ver- to challenge for the AAA Mix tag titles versus Nino Hamburguesa and and Big Mommy. 
I thought that match was like it was actually okay, which I'm surprised because considering Viano Three Junior is like the only good worker, like the only one that's good in that match, really amazed me. But you know the thing was that I think Big Mommy and um, Big Mommy and and Nino Hamburguesa are super were super over with that crowd. The fans love those the, them, and um, Yedra and Viano Three Junior were doing some really good teamwork in the match. Um, it wasn't perfect. It wasn't great. It wasn't good, but it was okay. And you know that's already better than most of their um, most of their of the matches that these people these guys these they've ever been in. Um, so that match happens. Um, then, like as the match ends, Fabi Apache ran in, attacked Lady Shani, a master, and uh, she kind of like was just acting up, being a Ruda. I think she's been great as a Ruda overall. So now suddenly AAA has a better women's division than CMLL with CMLL's women's division pretty much declining. They now have Fabi, Lady Shawnee, um, Kayra is there and she's really good. Um, I would think Kayra and Lady Maravi are going to probably be more independent. But still, you know, the way I think AAA is booking their shows, they basically have all these, in the, the, the big the, the shows with all the talent that comes in from the independents. And then they have their shows where they have the regular um, AAA, you know, roster. You know, the shows where the, you see like the 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 Murder and Monster versus Mr. Aguila and Joe Leader or Psychosis and Hysteria versus those guys. Um, so now they, they've basically added some, they've, they have a pretty good, um, if they were to keep them and like have use them a little more frequently, it's not that bad. But, you know, I think both CML and AAA are usually really hot, cold when it comes to women's wrestling. So, you know, one week they might actually be behind it. You know, then suddenly they just kind of dismiss it and don't really want to use it. I mean, the fact that Triple um, CML did had like a long period of... And, you know, it's funny because they were using them far more frequently before. And the women were complaining because they weren't working main event. They weren't getting like a, you know, the big opportunity. And now, you know, now it's like, you know what, let's not use them as much. We have all these other, other people on the roster. Let's use them a little more. And you know, really, it's, it came it came about when like fans started to prefer watching the micros, and you see a lot of the, like the micros taking some at least one of their bookings during each month, couple at least one or two of their bookings each month this in the past couple of um, the last couple of months. Um, so then we followed that up with another video of Mad being shown. We got a lot of that. Then La Parca came out to defend, to talk about how he was very loyal to AAA and how so many others have come and gone and weren't really loyal to AAA. And he was talking about all this loyalty and all the fans in Monterey were cheering for LA Park and booing La Parca. And La Parca said, he's one of those guys that left. And um, the fans' reaction was more booing for him. And he talked about how he was going to defend AAA against any invaders especially the ones coming from Lucha Elite and Mad. And I thought this was funny because later on we find out some, you know, not so much with Mad, but with the Lucha Elite stuff. The Lucha Elite stuff is like, I think, well, actually even with triple uh, with the Mad stuff because they, they have them like appearing on these matches where it's just random, you know, the random Lucha stuff where they, they team them up with guys who are part of AAA and, you know, stuff like that. So the next match was Tejano Jr., teaming up with Killer Cross and Juventud Guerrera, exactly what I said, where 
you know, Tejano Jr. isn't part of MAD, but he agreed to team with them, and there was peace between them, and they beat the team of La Mascara, Maximo, and Pagano. This match was absolutely boring, and um, I did not like it. You know, La Mascara's performances in AAA have been about as boring as they were in CMLL. Um, really just one of the most bland guys in, in Lucha Libre. Um, I don't know. I mean, I think the fact that he still calls himself himself La Mascara without wearing a mask is pretty stupid, especially when he comes from a family where everybody knows the last name and he could very easily go with something, Alvarado, his real name, or whatever he wants, and people would know who he is. And, you know, it's not like La Mascara, the, that name is making him a ton of money or anything. Um, look at where he's at in the third match of Verano de Scandalo. Um, the fourth match was the six-way match where Aerostar beat Golden Magic, who was representing Lucha Elite, Darby Allen making his AAA debut, Australian Suicide, Sammy Guevara making his AAA debut. Actually, yeah, I think it was his de- debut. He might have been there before. I don't even remember. I think he wrestled, didn't he wrestle recently? I could have sworn I saw, I, I think he was on that one show that I couldn't get to, um, that I missed um, the other the half of um, on Twitch or something. But either way, he was on this and Drago. Drago got hurt very, like, I think he got early, he got hurt midway through the match or something. But this match was really disappointing to me. Uh, I was expecting so much more from this. They had a really bad, a really bad finish. But um, it had these horrible, and you know, both finishes, both of the very bad moments of this featured Golden Magic. And I kind of felt bad for Golden Magic because he's shown he's a very good wrestler on uh, most of the time. But there's been other times where he's been in situations where he's been very bad. Or, you know, not very bad, just bad moments. Uh, and in this match, he he had this really bad, embarrassing moment where he... And, you know, it might have been that because he's never been in... Maybe he's never, like... He's not too familiar with the six-sided rings or something. I don't know. Uh, but he ran to the, the one of the sides nobody where nobody was standing... And he was going to do a diet, like a, a mortal to the outside. Uh, and, and nobody was there. So then you see like three or four of the guys, you know, fighting their way to the other side just so he could do his dive. And I thought that was a, that was pretty funny. It looked really bad. I think they're probably going to have to edit that out. I know there was a couple of guys who were in that match who actually, uh, when people were praising it, kind of said that it wasn't as good as the fans were making it seem. Then the finish came where um, Aerostar got the... Got the pin, but it kind of seemed like he, it kind of. I think what was what, what what the Cubs fan said that what what happened what happened was they had to change the finish because Drago got hurt, so only like the hijo de Tirantes, Aerostar, and I think the person that was going to get pinned knew what was going to happen, and the rest of the guys weren't really sure what was going on. So you had Golden Magic trying to break the pin, and hijo de Tirantes kind of like wasn't sure to count it but he still counted it anyways and it looked just really bad it looked so bad that the crowd booed the win, um aerostar um the win the result and and it kind of seemed like they were all lost and then all of a sudden aerostar and sammy guavara started having a, this brawl i don't know if it was just like to set up something else but um it looked it, it actually was better than the match itself um i thought sammy looked good when he was when he was trying to play up to the crowd as a heel but, you know, the match really... And I, Darby Allen had some cool moments in it, but it's like these six-way matches, 
on AAA big shows are for to me they've always been very disappointing. They could do something better than have these type of matches. You know, have a have a singles match or a three way. You have so many of these other matches being done that way that they could just just done it differently. Um, after this match, Matt came out again. This time they came without with a third member who was limping noticeably. And I mean, it was over the top limping. Like he was, he looked like he was just like, he was like this really old man that, that it, it looked more like a cartoon character. And, and, and everybody immediately said, that's not Conan. Cause you still had the announcers like, Oh, it's Conan. It's, it's him. Like the, for the first time they actually like said his name and Oh, it's Conan. It's him. You could tell it's him. And like, as soon as, as soon as you see the limp, it's like, it's not him. And, uh, so, so they all come out, uh, and it ends up being Jeff Jarrett making his way back to AAA. And my God, I don't know why they brought up, you know, I know more or less why they brought back Jeff Jarrett. I'm guessing it's because Jeff Jarrett is always getting, trying to get his hand into another promotion, you know, as far as like, you know, working out a TV deal, started running new shows or whatever he can come up with. And I think that's probably where he's going to end up. He, he's going to always keep that connection with AAA because he, and I think he also likes go, working for them. I mean, that's the other thing. I think he really likes working for them, but he's horrible in the ring now. I mean, he's not, he's not good. He hasn't been good for the last 20 years, in my opinion, actually maybe even longer. Cause I, I thought he was okay. Like I thought he was okay at certain points in, in WCW, but you know, really WCW hasn't been around since what, 2001, 2002. So, you know, so then Dr. Wagner Jr. Came out to confront Jeff Jarrett and I think La Parca came out also. And so it ended up being a Jeff Jarrett decided to add himself to the main event title match. So it, a match that we were, thinking was going to be well actually i don't think a lot of people thought it was going to just be dr wagner jr versus Rey mysterio because when they first announced it they had a, a luchador sorpresa also listed for the match and so we kind of figured that would they would just go back to that anyways because it's triple a and they do this stuff they can't really give us like a, a regular singles match it always has to be something with a gimmick in it like a cage match or 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 it has to be Instead of a singles match, they have to have a third guy involved or a fourth guy or even five or six more. So that happens. Very disappointing. So then we get to the fifth match, which is Hijo del Fantasma, Rey Scorpion, Brian Cage beating Psycho Clown, Loretto Kid, and Extreme Tiger. It was originally going to be a tag match between Hijo del Fantasma and Psycho Clown versus Rey Scorpion and Brian Cage. But when um, Psycho came out, he they kind of started talking about how he couldn't wrestle during the, in the match and stuff. So then Hijo Fantasma came in, was making fun of him being injured, and then he attacked him. So Ray Scorpion and Brian Cage joined in and started attacking Psycho Clown. And then who makes their way representing Lucha Elite, Extreme Tiger, and Loretto Kid? I, a bunch of people were mentioning how they don't even remember Loretto Kid's appearance on Lucha Elite. On, on Lucha Elite. And I think we kind of we were talking about it on lucha before lucha talk and i think we came to the we we were able to fi figure out that he was in like one match or something i think it was in that cruiserweight match some cruiserweight match but we couldn't remember because i think they clipped it for um television so they came out representing elite now you see the problem with elite now you have these guys who are teaming up with like the triple a guys but then you have black Tor taurus coming out and attacking everyone 
Wh- and you know that was the other thing. Black Taurus didn't make his way into this onto this show. He should have been there at least to like end our our pain for a couple of these matches. This match, what ends up happening? They start the match and suddenly the lights go out. Power outage in the building. I think it might might have been within that neighborhood. And so they wrestled in the dark for much of the match. You couldn't really see anything. They were able to continue to air the stream the show live to continue to stream the show. And um, that really hurt this match. I don't think they're probably if I was AAA, I wouldn't really air this. I would probably just like clip it or edit it down to just like a highlight package. I would not air this entire match on the TV show just because it just doesn't look good to like air that in the dark and you can't really see anything. Um, the little that I saw, it looked good. Unfortunately, it was so dark that you really couldn't see that much. And, you know, I think that really hurt the mat that, that hurt a lot of people's, um, opinions on the match. And, you know, it was unfortunate because I thought, I thought there was a chance it could be good. Um, the sixth match. And really to me, this was the reason I was going to watch Ferrando Scandalo. Los OGTs, Averno, Chessman, Superfly, Beat, Poder del Norte, Carta Brava Jr., Mochocota Jr., and Tito Santana um, in a hair match. This match was great. A great bloody brawl. All their, I think all their matches have, for the most part, been really good. Really fun brawl. If you don't, if you, if you can't stomach, uh, guys throwing chairs at other guys' heads and it looking like it's being done carelessly, this is not a match you should watch because you're probably going to hate it. But if you could pretty much look at it as a, a wild brawl with two, t- two trios that absolutely were in a blood war and you don't mind and you kind of expect the sort of thing that they're doing with the chair shots, um, they brought out two beer bottles that weren't used immediately. Um, they kind of built to it. They actually had a couple of times where um, the referee would stop each a couple a guy from each team from using a beer bottle on their opponent, and it's funny because as soon as they stopped, as soon as the ref would stop them from using the beer bottle, someone would just throw a chair at, at one of the guy's heads, <laughs> and it just I was like, man, really, come on. It may it, it it was if they weren't doing that, it would have made more sense. But you know, I was okay with it because it was a really good brawl. Um, just a fun match. I also like the fact that they ended the match with like a beer bottle hit, you know, being hit over, um, I think it was Carta Brava Jr.'s head and that being the end of the match. Great, great match. I'm glad that they actually showed the, the, the hair getting shaved. Not like sometimes where AAA will not air that stuff. It, if you're going to do something like that, you have to air it. And I thought that was a cool, a, a good thing. Like I said, this is a match everyone should go out of their way to watch. Um, unless you don't like the chair shot thing, like I said. Um, so then we get to the main event where Jeff Jarrett beat Dr. Wagner Jr. and Rey Mysterio to win the AAA World Mega Heavyweight title. This match was horrible. It featured a lot of stalling by Jeff Jarrett early, early on. He would eventually kind of like tell the guy, tell Wagner and Rey, Rey Mysterio that he wasn't going to get involved that to, and he would let them wrestle. But as soon as they started, he would trip him up. 
And then, you know, Wagner and Mysterio got tired, so they ran out there and they, like, beat, beat up a bit on, on Jarrett. Once they got into the ring, when Wagner and Mysterio were in there, it was perfectly, like, accept fine. There was this one spot where, where Dr. Wagner Jr. couldn't do a... a he couldn't put Ray, Ray Mysterio in a, in a tapatia, and it looked really bad. But um, the, for the most part, they weren't. They were okay against each other. But whenever Jeff Jarrett would get involved, not only was Jeff Jarrett getting involved, but Jeff Jarrett would do very little. And what ended up happening was that it wasn't so much Jarrett involved. It was more hijo de tirantes just getting involved, tripping up Ray Mysterio and and Dr. Wagner Jr. and just doing all this stuff that. You know the type the type of minor league stuff that no other promotion does. I mean, not even like even CMLL like for a big match won't do that. Like you will get some stupid stuff from Tirantes, especially if it's Tirantes that's a ref. You know, notice the you know he'll do stuff like that. But for the most part, they kind of try not to do that stuff. I don't see that done in any other promotion. You know, as far as the, at the major league level. It just so that stuff is so minor league, and AAA just needs to cut that out. And they're not going to do it because that's the way. That's part of how they book their shows. And you know, if they if someone ever decided to change their minds, it'd be such an improvement to their main events. So that's going on. Hijo de Tirantes gets knocked out. Doctor Wagner Jr. has a pin on 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 Jarrett. Suddenly, La Parca comes out wearing a referee's T-shirt. Only it's not La Parca. We you, you could tell it's not him. They walked about the same, so you know, because La Parca is just as immobile as um as Conan is right now. So they they um they he comes in. He's he counts the first two. He does the two count. Then he stops and refuses to do the additional count. And then suddenly, you know, he helps Jarrett beat Dr. Wagner Jr. Everyone's in shock. Vampiro comes out, confronts La Parca. He unmasks La Parca and it's revealed that it is Conan. Conan is back and he is part of MAD. Then Juventuger and Kevin Cross, Kevin Killer Cross run out and attack Vampiro. Cross actually did, I think he powerbombed Vampiro or chokeslammed him or something. And from that, move Vampiro now claims that because of that move he is now going to have to retire due to that injury this is now I think this is now Vampiro's second or third retirement within this year alone just tells you how many times this guy's going to retire you know I don't even keep up with it because um, I don't want to read his Facebook page and he has me blocked on Twitter and you know I don't even know why he has me blocked on Twitter I never followed him so it's like it doesn't make sense to me I don't even plan. I never even planned on following him. I usually just follow the Etikanas. Really, come on. This ends Vampiro for the moment. As far as like, I'm sure he'll still do the the little um, screen appearance and stuff like that. He's still gonna be around and stuff. I don't think that's gonna stop him. Um, I think he's just using that as his supposed retirement to get these guys more mad, more over. So then this is going on, and who should show up and confront Mad? Phoenix. Phoenix has made his return to AAA. So that even adds more confusion because as soon as that happened, immediately everybody thought, what the hell's going on? Because Phoenix 
Ray Phoenix had just been announced for CML and appearing on this upcoming Friday show. So everyone was confused. Nobody knew what was going on. Show ends. After the show, Ray Phoenix explains how his character Phoenix basically works for AAA, Lucha Underground, and Impact, and promotions that have deals within with Lucha Underground. Uh, I think MLW might be the other one that, that, that was part of that group, although MLW is more of an independent. But I think that's kind of like the, the group because I think they use them as, as Phoenix and uh, Pentagon Jr. And, um, and as if he works for other promotions, he, he is allowed to work as Ray Phoenix. So that's what he explained. And he still said he would be in CML. A lot of people were kind of doubting it. There were a few people who said, oh, it's going to happen. But like I said, at the time that happened, you never know because CML will switch, make, you know, they will switch on, they will switch on their decisions, change their minds on stuff from one day to the next. We've seen that happen. We saw it happen with Elite when they had to deal with Elite. Um, I think it was in February. And like a week or two weeks later, they were basically no longer working with them. And they basically were like, it looked like it was a bad breakup the way, from what the, the way that um, the press release was written. Um, so a lot of people were questioning it. It would, you know, and it was interesting because, I, like I said, I think I said on Twitter that we just have to wait for Monday if he's still on the on the poster, and if they announce him for for some, because I mean they had already said that he was probably going to be on Informa at some point. So I think we all, I think everybody figured he would be on Informa that the Wednesday just to talk about his um his CML debut, and sure enough, Monday night I think they announced that he would be on Informa. So, you know. That's pretty much, he's still in CMLL. He made his appearance on Informa. He was asked on Informa what his situation was as far as appearing for other promotions because Julio Cesar Rivera, the announcer for Informa, then he he basically made the point that a lot of people were talking about him appearing on, on another show and he just wanted and, and he just wanted to clear up CML side of things. CMLL's talent the guys under contract to cml will not be wrestling in another promotion that they are not um in a relationship with basically cml talent is free to work for ring of honor new japan and you know independent promotions that book cml talent through them but as far as working for triple a that's basically what he was trying to say as far as working for triple a nobody from cml is going to go there you never know um this was actually after the the AAA Triple Mania press conference, which I'll get to right after. I just wanted to like clear up the entire thing with Ray Phoenix. Um, they didn't mention LA Park and him appearing in the at the Triple Mania press conference. I don't know if that's gonna be something that continues on after the, and you know that's gonna be the other thing. They've booked La Park LA Park for three consecutive weeks. So what happens when they don't book him for one week on a Friday? A lot of people are going to immediately think, oh, is he gone? What's going on? So I wouldn't be shocked if that happens. They might actually have to book him at least another week just to make, just to clear it up. And then like, if they don't book him one week, it'll be because, you know, he's getting that week off from, from, but you know, I think as soon as he doesn't appear on one Friday show, I'm pretty sure every single fan is going to start thinking what's going on with Alley Park. To me, it would make so much more sense if Alley Park doesn't appear every Friday show just because 
especially if it's going to be the Ingobernables versus Familia Real every single week because your fans are going to get tired of it. I think already a lot of people were like, oh, well, is he going to be, is he just going to do the Super Libre with um, Rouge? We haven't even gotten to that yet. If that happens, I would guess that match would happen in, in July. And then they would lead to, you know, from that, they might actually go to like, you know, spend another week or two just talking about, hey, let's do the mass versus hair match. Then it would probably be announced in August. The trouble here is that, you know, he was announced for Triple Mania. But getting back to Ray Phoenix, he's based the way um, he he and Julio Cesar Rivera explained it on Informa. He had made a commitment to make appearances for AAA, and he's going to fulfill the, those commitments with AAA. I'm I'm assuming they must have contacted him and cleared things up when Conan decided to return to AAA. He must have cleared it up with when they worked out their situation with their Conan. I'm guessing Conan must have asked if he could bring these guys in, and he wanted to clear that up. I guess at some point CML must have contacted them, and I'm guessing. Whatever happened with, I don't know, because I, I don't really think, I think we're going to get a different story afterwards from everyone involved. But from what CML said is that Ray Phoenix is going to come, Ray Phoenix as Phoenix is going to fulfill his commitments with AAA. And once he's done with those, he's going to be appearing full time for CMLL as far as, um, as working shows for them. He's not going to be on every show because he's, I mean, the guy's going to be in Lucha Underground. If Lucha Underground returns, he's going to be on there. He's probably going to be on Impact. He's probably going to be busy on the indie scene. He's working PWGs. He's AAW. He's everywhere. Um, the Crash. He's going to be everywhere. So I would guess he's probably going to be just a guy who's going to be part of the rotation for them. That's pretty much what they what they what they were trying to say. I think him joining CML. If he came in, even just coming in every once in a while. You know, you had a lot of CML fans. There's some there's there's a segment of CMLL fans who constantly put down anybody who isn't part of the promotion by saying that they're not at the level of the guys that are already in the promotion. And they start talking about, oh, you need to prove yourself, you need to do this, you need to do that. Ray Phoenix is good. I mean, I've seen this guy live. I've seen him a lot on TV. I've seen him, you know, on YouTube and stuff like that. This guy is good. That's all that matters. He's, he's, you know, if you were to put like the top five technicos in CML and you added Ray Phoenix, Ray Phoenix is top five. You're putting him with Volador Jr., Caristico. He's better than Caristico, but I will still put Caristico. Volador Jr., Caristico, Dragon Lee, Sobrano Jr., Ray Phoenix. You know, there's a couple of other guys in that mix that are, you know, have the potential to be in that level. Audaz is in there. There's a lot of like guys, but you know, you could get Ali Parks in that group also. If you could get a guy like that and have him work on their shows, it's a big improvement to what you already have. I mean, it just strengthens the Friday show. Suddenly you have another guy to throw out there. You have some potential dream matches you could go to. Not just singles matches, but just throwing him in there with trios matches because this guy can provide so much more than maybe somebody that isn't at his level, you know, he'll bring in a little more energy. Um, I think that's the one thing I get from Ray Phoenix. You know, when you, inter- I've interviewed a lot of luchadors and 
one of the things you'll notice when you see like, and I've seen a lot of interviews with luchadors and I've seen a lot of rust of Lucha Libre matches and even American wrestling. You know, if you watch a lot of wrestling, you notice wrestlers who have a passion for what they do, you know, they like to get paid for it. I mean, if they make millions out of it, great, but they have a passion for it. They'd probably be doing it even if they was, if, if they, if they weren't making, if they were like, if they were just doing it on weekends and had to get another job just to maintain it, and it, but they would still, they do it for the love of it. I get that from Ray Phoenix. I get that from Nero Casas. Pental Cero M, the same. Volador Jr., the same. Daniel Bryan. I mean, guys like that, they love wrestling. And I think that's, that's, that's something that you notice with the guys. If you could add guys like that, the more guys you add to a promotion that are like that, the better. I mean, you know, there are some guys that love wrestling, but they don't really put in the effort to, you know, there's a, there's, there's a thing where they love it, but they also live off it. And they don't really like their concept of what, what they like in wrestling. It's like, they like being in front of the crowd, but like, there's a lot of these guys like Nero Casas, the guys I mentioned, Dragon Lee, they want to give the best performance possible to the fans and that's their way to like thank them for like for for going to shows for like becoming fans of theirs and then you know fans pay back, pay them back by you know you know the the money thrown into the ring stuff like that and i think that's if you get more guys like that the better and you know i'm glad that if cml could if cml could build a roster where it's just the, that type of guys i mean and they have a lot of guys that are like that Echicero, puma tiger Reiko Meta, a lot of those Titan, all those guys are great. But then they have like this half of this roster that it's not that some of them are just like kind of like burned out on wrestling and it's kind of like time for them to move on and doing and do something else. Unfortunately, they spend, they don't really plan ahead and they do this for such a long time that they kind of are stuck doing this for the rest of their lives. And you see it in them. It's not, it's no, like, it's no, it's like Nero Casas has bet, had had injuries in the past, but he still goes out there and tries to give the best performance possible. And then you have other guys who just mail in mad performances. And it's not just like the older guys or young guys that you could tell aren't, shouldn't be in there. But um, like I said, I think Ray Phoenix being at it, there's so many possibilities. I think obviously the, the first, I think the first dream match they're probably going to do is going to involve Ultimo Guerrero somehow, just because I think that's, that's good, the, the guy that they're always going to go with. I wouldn't be shocked if they go Nero Casas. Um, but already, I'm just thinking of guys that, the five guys that I think would be amazing to see him work against. Obviously, Ultimo Guerrero, Nero Casas, um, Volador Jr., Dragon Lee, Soberano Jr., um, Cuatrero. So many guys. Templario, Audaz. I think Audaz probably, uh, give him a little more time, but Audaz... I don't know, man. I think Aldas is special. Like his work, his rope work. I think, other than Aerostar and and Grand Metallic, I don't think there's anybody at his level that uses like the way he uses the ropes. Very different from those guys, also. Like even to Ray Phoenix, and Ray Phoenix, is another guy who uses the ropes a lot. Same thing with Volador Jr. Guys like that that are just they just look really good in the ring. Um, I found it so insulting that people were like putting Ray Phoenix with his debut like they were trying to compare him like 
other past AAA guys like Cybernetico and Electroshock. And those are guys that, you know, and Cybernetico is another guy who, like, you know, he's not very good in the ring. But if you ever hear him talk about wrestling, Lucha Libre, the guy really likes Lucha Libre and he really know, understands a lot of it. Um, I just think he just can't go and he's never been that good. So, you know, there's a lot of guys that are like that. You know, it's a, it's, 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 it's very, um, I don't think it, I think it's a combination of, can you, you know, put the effort? Do you love what you're doing? And, and you have to be good at it too. And, you know, I think that's, that's where Ray Phoenix, that's the, that's the category he's in. If you, you could mark off all three of those. That's Ray Phoenix, Nero Casas, guys like that. There's a couple of guys that if you say those three things, they might get one of out of those three, or they might get two out of those three, but not a lot of guys get the three, you know, love the business, put in the effort on every match, and, you know, are just good naturally. So then the other news. Triple Mania, AAA held a press conference this past Tuesday. For Triple Mania to announce the Poker de Aces four-way mask match. And so many of us, they had already announced the first two. Hijo del Fantasma, Psycho Clown. Psycho Clown was actually announced for that. Then Hijo del Fantasma beat Tejano Jr. to enter that match. I don't even know why because Tejano Jr. Ha- doesn't have a mask. But that was like the thing that they did. Um, really weird. But then they added that so it became a mask match. And I think everybody, you know, Dorian Roldan, from the moment they started doing that, started um, trying to convince LA Park to be in the tur- in, in the in the cage in this match in the main event. And LA Park and him had a back and forth. You, if you follow them on Twitter, you would have seen it. Um, I don't follow Dorian; I follow um, LA Park, so that's how I knew. So they they had this back and forth nonstop, and. Everybody was throwing out. They had that press conference back in, I think it was, what was it, March? and March, April. And they were doing the press conference for this with um, Psycho Clown and Hijo Fantasma back then. And they were throwing out names like, like Hijo like, um who is it? Um, the CML guys, they were throwing out Atlantis and um, I think even Rouge. And because Hijo Fantasma didn't, Hijo Fantasma has, was building his own thing with, with Rouge involved. And on Twitter, that's the other thing. Um, a lot of this stuff is happening because of social media. And I think all this stuff that's, um, I think this is what's going to end up hurting CML with some other guys like Rouge, Vol- um, Volador Jr., Ultimo Girl. I don't think Ultimo Girl so much, but much, but Rouge, um, Volador Jr., some of the other guys within the promotion, because they're seeing that these independent guys are getting the chance to work elsewhere. They're going to start asking, how come we can't do that? And I think that's going to end up leading to it. Because they constantly retweet all that stuff that the fans tweet out, like, "Oh, why can't you be in AAA? Or why can't you be in CML? Why can't if CML doesn't want to do this match, why don't you go to AAA and have the match with LA Park and stuff like that?" So I think that's going to lead to a lot of that stuff. I think CML doesn't expect, you know, I think they're 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 kind of blind to that. But if it happens, it's probably going to be they're, they're it's gonna it's just going to happen. Um, so back then that was going on. They were throwing out challenges, and right after that. I think all of us just assume, well, you know, what's going to end up happening, they're just going to throw in La Parca and Dave the Clown, and Dave the Clown is going to be the one that loses the mask because, you know, he's, you know, they're not going to get some big mask to get dropped at, at Triple Mania. 
And well, we were wrong. You know, they end up delivering. It's going to be who should show up at um at this uh, most recent this past Tuesday's Triple Mania press conference, LA Park and his son Hijo de LA Park. Really surprised everyone because LA Park has been working for CM has been appearing on CML shows just added to the confusion of everything that's going on, not just with uh, um, Ray Phoenix, but also Pentacero M because he's been rumored to be going to um to CMLL. That actually Conan hinted to that right after the 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 Verano de Scandalo show. He kind of hinted to that, and then um on this press conference. The second guy that was introduced for the Poker de Aces match, it wasn't Hijo de Ale Park who would be the fourth guy. He was just there to sit next to his dad. <laughs> um, the fourth guy ended up being Pentalcero M, but he as Pentagon Jr. in AAA. And then Pentagon Jr. kind of hinted at the possibility of um, appearing in Arena Mexico. So apparently that's also in the works. I would guess that's probably going to happen at some point. It's possible that because Penta, Pentagon Jr. is going to be in Triple Mania, that maybe they might wait a little bit longer or maybe they'll do it afterwards. Because I think, I'm guessing it's probably going to be sooner just because I think CML is going to want to do something like that. Um, this is, this is going to be a huge mask match, four-way match. I think immediately once they announced that, I kind of felt bad for Hijo Fantasma because as soon as they announced it, everybody just assumed Hijo Fantasma was going to be the one that would lose his mask because everybody is hoping LA Park keeps his mask and loses it to Roosh at the anniversary or actually beats Roosh in the hair match or whatever. And it was funny because they had the reporters there and the very first thing they asked LA Park was if this was going to affect his opportunity to have that match, hair, mask versus hair match against Roosh. LA Park then said the whole thing about how that hasn't been confirmed to him. That mass versus her match hasn't been confirmed by CMLL. He knows that they're booking him. He, they're, they are booking him on shows, uh, but he has not been told. I'm pretty sure that's the plan. I don't think that's that's um, LA Park. I don't think that's um, I don't think they're bringing LA Park just to bring him in and, and work with Rouge in these matches. I think the plan is to have him be uh, in a mass versus her match at the anniversary. So I don't think he's gonna lose in Triple Mania. I think they. I think. I think with 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 Triple A, the idea is to get was to get four of the biggest names possible, who wear masks, and they got pretty big names, with Pentagon Junior, Hijo Fantasma, Psycho Clown, and um and and La Park. Uh, I think everybody then said there's no way Pentagon Junior is gonna drop his mask. He would be insane just because he's doing so much. On the end, on outside of AAA, and then so everybody just basically has Psycho Clown, or you know, Hijo del Fantasma, you know, losing losing the mask. But you know, this is pretty. This is going to be an interesting match. You know, the other thing that's funny is um, Puma King is going to work the Aero Lucha show, so that has a little. That's not as as confusing, just because you know Aero Lucha has used Rush in the in the past. I think they're probably realize. I think CML's realizing, and I think some of their younger talent. Some of the undercard towns kind of like feeling, you know, if you're going to let these guys get an opportunity, you should probably give the opportunity to everybody else. And I hope Puma King gets a little more opportunities outside of CML because I think that would help him move up in CML where, 
you know, if they see him being somebody that's in demand elsewhere, then they'll start moving him up. Otherwise, they're just going to view him in a in a you know as the as the second match throughout his career. You know, I think he's I think he's somebody that should be in main events really, or high, you know at least in semi main events. He should be in those matches. You know, he should be replacing like Mephisto and all those guys. Um, but you know, it's CML. Who knows? Um, so this all happens. So now we have LA Park and Ray Phoenix and possibly Penta Gone Jr. all working for both promotions. There's also, um, I think there's been rumors that Macias might be also going to CML. I don't think he'll be going to AAA at the, for the moment. Um, I wouldn't be shocked if he returned, but you know, I don't think that's the. I don't think he has a plan. The other thing that happened right after Rano de Scandalo, Doctor Wagner Jr. decided to announce that he was now an independent, and he would work for anyone from from now on. I don't know if that's going to open the doors for him to return to CMLL because he left kind of questionable also. You know, I actually think his his way, the way he left that, that last time might have been even worse than LA Park because LA Park, the reason he wasn't brought back was because he cursed and broke broke a, a rule. Whereas, you know, when Wagner quit, he just called them on the phone and told them he, he had better things to do than, than work the anniversary show. That kind of seems a little more insulting to me to as far to to me as as far as it goes to CMLL, um, but he, he's now working independence. He did say he would continue, he would accept taking bookings with AAA, but he just didn't want to be in another match where you know all the bu- all the bullshit that happened in that in that title match happened again. I kind of think it just, I have a feeling that what happened was he, you know, he had a contract. They basically committed a certain amount, a certain deal with him to drop his mask and then they gave him a title run and then they had um they tried to elevate it you know to turn do something out with his son um hijo the dr wagner jr a bunch of people are kind of like they're they're they kind of think hijo dr wagner jr is okay i've seen him in the elite and i thought he was okay but I, i'm not a huge fan of his he's he to me just falls into the group with hijo la park they're not bad but they're not very you know they're very average they're better than some of the other crappier juniors but you know they're not, you know they're not at that level of the other guys. Like they're not Dragon Lee or guys like that that are far better. No, that's about it. That's that's about all that's going on. We got we got all these surprises. I expect more surprises. Like I said, I think I think we're probably gonna get Penta Cero M on Inform at some point. Uh, fortunately, they don't have to sit through the entire two hours of this show. Um, he'll probably be on a Friday show at some point. I think it be I think it's I think it's fun time to be a Lucha Libre fan. I'm trying to remember if this is ever I know it ha, I know um Triple A and CML worked together for that Padrissimo show back in 2000. I think it was was it 2000 was it June 17, 2000. Um and you know, but I I just don't think you could really compare it to that because they kind of were forced into working to do that show by Televisa. I kind of think this is like what what Ray Phoenix, L.A. Park, and Penta Cero M are trying to do. I think they're trying to do what the guys from the El Toreo era were doing, where they were free to work anywhere, and the Toreo guys would show up and work in EMLL on EMLL shows. Like they would show up on an EMLL show on a like on a Friday or a Sunday. And then they would work at Toreo either on a Friday or Sunday, or they work one week there and then they work one week in El Toreo. And I think that's what they're kind of trying to do. Um, 
I think it's cool. I think it brings like new life to to both promotions. I mean, it wasn't too long ago. It was it wasn't too long ago where we were talking about how boring um, AAA was, how bad AAA was, and now you know. I think that's the problem with AAA is that their big shows, they still have that problem where they overbook too much, so it just like nothing really like sticks to you besides the opening match. The rest of the stuff is just like a bunch of bullshit stuff that everybody ends up hating. But with CMLL, you know, at least they're kind of building the Friday show up and there's actually more hope for potential good matches. I mean, we've been getting a lot of like, I think lately we've been getting a lot of good matches. I wish they would do something with that Tuesday show. I mean, just turn in. I mean, it's Martes de Nuevos Valores. How hard would it be to book a bunch of young guys and maybe throw in a couple of the veterans who aren't working the Guadalajara show. I mean, the Guadalajara show on Tuesdays is usually loaded with um, CML guys, the, the the Mexico City, like the stars. Why not just do that and then like the one week that somebody's not over there, bring him there. Bring in some of the independent guys to work the Tuesday shows too. I mean, the Tuesday shows, you know, the, I'm pretty sure there's, there's not, there's, you know, you look at the posters, there's like usually like maybe two or three shows on a Tuesday compared to like the weekends where there's a bunch and then like let the Saturday Sundays just be the shows for all the CMLL guys because nobody even watches those besides the people attending and they'd be different they'd be very different from everything else Tuesday show I mean like I said if you did a show where it was just the young guys you know and that's what I mean like even like those old veteran guys I'm not talking about like young guys facing those old veteran guys that can't like that don't want to like do anything for those young guys I'm talking about like Bring in like guys who could work with those guys and make them look good. There's plenty of guys who will go go out of their way like just to like make a match look good. They'll do that, but it's like CML doesn't do anything on Tuesdays. So like I said, at least we're getting the Friday shows getting stronger. Triple A shows are getting a little more interesting. What else is going on? Well, Lucha Underground starts next week, so that's something to look forward to. Uh, I don't know. I'm curious how many people are still watching that show because I know. Like a lot of people just gave up on it after the first season ended. I knew I knew a couple of people who told me that like they were done with the show. Like I think may, maybe like the like the final weeks of the first season they were kind of just burned out on the show. But then there were a lot of people who held who watched the entire first season, really liked the f- first season, and then when they came back for the se- second season, a lot of people just kind of gave up on the second season. A couple of people uh, stuck. Uh, a couple of people stuck around for the second season, and then there were the third season where it was like you know a little bit iffy, and you know I've seen some spoilers for the for the fourth season that's gonna start next week, and I don't know I I'm not as excited about it as I was when it first started and it was really like just really something I that was very different and I was comparing it to like. You know, when you first watch ECW or when I first watched Mid-South Wrestling um, during certain hot periods, it worked really well the first season. But then like the last couple of seasons have, hasn't been that great. Um, I think they've kind of gone from what I've seen, the spoilers, they've kind of gone away from using the guys from Mexico and more using guys from the U.S. And that's not what I wanted to see. That's not Lucha for me. That's not Lucha Libre. That's Lucha Underground just using the Lucha Libre name to try to be come across as being different to wwe or impact how impact comes across more like lucha what lucha underground should be because they actually have a lot of the guys working that show that actually do that stuff there 
So, you know, I don't know. And then I think Earl Lucha is happening next week also. And there's already a lot of, um, that show looks kind of interesting. Uh, I don't know what's going on with that promotion. I know they're trying to get TV. Um, but yeah, so that's that's about it. Be sure to check out the website, luchaworld.com. Follow us on Twitter. Follow us on Twitter. I say that like it's plural. Uh, well, you could follow Vandal Drummond at Vandal Drummond. He's not here right now. Follow me at the Real Fredo. I'm trying to like use a little more of the Lucha World at Lucha World Twitter account. You'll notice that I'm I'm actually posting the the Lucha Report on there as well and the other stuff that I do. I started doing that just because I think when I first started, I I basically got that account because there was this one time where they locked uh, Twitter like blocked me out of my my own account, so I had the Lucha World account and I started using that. But I had said I wanted to use that more. So people could like if they don't want to follow the my nonsense um, recapping in format, they could go on there and they could just get a an abbreviated version of what I tweet. So that's what I'm doing now. I'm actually going. I'm I'm going. I'm out, I'm trying to do that a little more more consistently than than before. Check out the Patreon page, Patreon.com/slash/LuchaWorld. Added a, a a podcast covering. A Lucha Classica episode where we're covering the, the all the titles in CML, and you know I realized I forgot the CML middleweight title. Like I think I brought it up at one point, but then I just never went back to it because I got distracted. I mean, Kurt could not rename any champion in CML right now besides El Terrible, and you know, I don't know. Like it boggled my mind that he did that. Uh, that's why he doesn't do this show that much. You know, he doesn't watch a lot of wrestling. I mean, I told you guys, and you know, he's he started. He's now he's. He's in the last couple of weeks. He started to watch a little more. Like if you follow his Twitter account, you'll see that he's kind of mentioning that he's been watching a little bit more of the the, the Dinamitas and stuff like. That. He watched the Alley Park debut, and he's watched a little more stuff. So he's he's catching up with us. He still won't watch AAA. I don't blame him, but um, and I'm not gonna force. I don't force people to watch stuff. Like if you want to watch something, you're gonna watch it because you want to. So that's about it for this week. I hope everybody enjoyed the show. 